0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.
1: The Talk Sport Fan Network
0: is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the
1: result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? You Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app.
2: 24 7 365 days of the year let's all take a moment to talk more than football
0: hear that that's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack and that that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors right now there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day that's why at Paraton, we do the can't-be-done, to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. All good morning, all good evening, all good night in the land of YouTube. Who knows what time it is. I'm Chris Ridyard. Uh, Reds report on a Friday. Again, here we go. Still no football. I'm not alone, as always. I have my sidekick, my number one partner. Well, I'm his sidekick, really. Well, maybe, maybe, we're let's, even.
0: Let's not get into that. It's
1: my favourite. my favourite Dutchman, whichever way you put it. Carl <laughs> Van der
0: Wateren. Good afternoon. How are we make your night?
1: Yeah, good. Thank you. How, how was your week?
0: Busy. Uh, it always is. is it? Um, it, always it's still, is it? yeah, it's still getting used to being at home and working from home. It's awkward when you spend literally twenty-four-seven at home, including working. But you know, when you know on a Thursday you're recording a couple of shows, that's the highlight of the week, isn't it? In the absence yeah. of football. Well, so, let's do it.
1: Let's do it. We're going to try and put a smile on everybody's face. Without any further ado, Carlo, yeah. shall I introduce our guest? That'd I be think you nice. he should.
0: He's been waiting in that waiting room so long, we didn't even He's offer been him been a
1: waiting. drink. He's waiting for you to show up, Carlo. Everybody knows what you're <laughs> like. for England and for Holland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Here we go. Have we got him? We're waiting on technology as it stands.
0: Oh well, I'll let my hamster run a bit quicker on that wheel. Keep going, you
1: Oh he's here. Look.
0: Oh outside
1: <laughs> Good afternoon. Our guest at this time is Martin Deverney. How are you all right, Martin? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Yep, very good. I'm very well. Uh, you've been a very busy man, just like my main man Carlo. He's he's been busy at work. Busy day again.
3: Who for me or Carlo? <laughs> well, I've already. yeah yeah it's um yeah, strange times at the moment, isn't it so um just doing that sort is. of things and relaxing it's it's kind of hard to um hard to enjoy it with uh the situation uh, yeah, Most of yeah. it you know it's i I really enjoy being at home, being around the kids and the wife it's it's been good, um, but you feel a little bit guilty in, in doing that, but that's the situation, isn't it. <sighs> Oh, let's, let's be
0: perfectly honest, I'm sure for Chris as well, I love being at home with my wife, I love being at home with the kids. <laughs> 24-7 is a bit much, we all the no distractions and it is, there's nothing to look forward to, is there? Normally, <laughs> it's, it's match day, oh we're going to do this and I'm sitting in my kitchen working and then I make the long trip to the living room and I sit there and then, it, yeah, it's just really awkward. How about the lads at the Academy, Martin? How are they coping with it? Because us as adults are thinking this is quite hard, but how about these, these youngsters?
3: Yeah, I think yeah, unprecedented times. It's 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 difficult, but we're trying to support them the best we can, and we message them. I try and talk to them every week, um, try and have that you know one-on-one call. Um, They have their sort of physical programs, which Sam Barron looks after, so I think they're engaged in that twice a week. So we're just trying to keep the spirits high and um, keep them motivated, but most importantly, mentally, just keep them tuned in, and you know this this will come to an end, and they've got to make sure that. they're prepared right and they, they keep fit. So when they do come back in, they're at a level where they can, you know, get straight on with a, some sort of pre-season and get back into game. So, you know, there will be – there is light at the end of the tunnel, but we've just got to be patient. Um, but, yeah, but it, it is difficult, isn't it? It's difficult for everyone, you know? So, um, but we we are they, – they, they, we've, we've been as good as we can be as coaches. We've been as good as we can be as a club. Um but at the moment, you know most of the lads are, you know, are, are well and, and they're, they're sticking to their program, so it's good, it's healthy.
1: That's good. You mentioned it's unprecedented times, and I mean they aren't head there, Martin, because there isn't a rule book for this, is there? This <laughs> has not happened before. It's not like you can look back and go, Oh, well, this, this is how we did it last time." That worked. Did this didn't? Uh, we'll do it like it's like you're just making it up as you go along. With, with best of your own abilities, really.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so we just, we're, you know, we're all learning. Every day's a new day to learn. And, you know, they fire questions at me. I fire questions at them. I haven't got the answers. By all means, I haven't got the answers. Um, so, yeah, you just try and do your best. That's all you can do. And all the lads are great lads, you know. I'll encourage them always to be a good person, help your neighbours, help each other. Um, and so far, we've done that and we've done it really well. I think what does, um, uh, on,
0: yeah, we spoke with uh, Jim O'Brien a couple of weeks ago, who, who's putting some hours in the academy for his um, UEFA coaching. Um, we spoke to Rory Fellon a couple of times, who's obviously involved with the Plymouth Academy. And, and they were both saying completely unprecedented times. And, and now a lot comes down to character as well, doesn't it, with these young people. And you become, rather than maybe a coach, you become a bit of a mentor as well in these hard times, learning and people, you know, coping mechanism and, and, and what to do. Um, is that something you enjoyed all sorts of chats with, with with the lads, or is, is your you know is it, is it all football, a technique, fitness, and, and nutrition?
3: No, no, no. It's it's not just you know it's not just about the football. As a, as a person, you have to care about the individual. I'm yeah. I'm there to improve them all the time, not just you know the chances of them becoming a professional footballer are very, very, very small. So as a as a as a coach, you know I've got to make sure they enjoy it first and foremost. otherwise there's no point being there they've they've chosen an industry that's ruthless they know that the outcome isn't always what they want it to be so I've got to make sure they've got other interests other than football Um, you know whilst they walk into the building it's a hundred percent but out of that you know I encourage them to do other things I encourage them to make sure their education vitally important Um, because you know the chances of becoming a professional you know for these lads to walk out at Oakwell it's so so small um, but we understand that, so we do our best as we can as coaches, as a club, um, to give them the right guidance.
1: Yeah, yeah. Martin, you mentioned uh, being a professional footballer, and obviously you were one of many that have been lucky. Uh, many have not been as lucky. Uh, well, call it lucky if you like, call it hard work, call it right place, yeah. right. So, there's a lot of moving uh, parts isn't there? and a lot of variables. Um, where did it all begin for you? So we go back to the start. Was it always football? Or was there yeah. another sport
3: or was there another job? No, no. It was always it was always football for me. Um, from a very early age. I loved my football. I loved being out on the pitch. I loved expressing myself. Um so I always had that sort of something inside me, whatever it is, you know, some people have I, I always felt like I was gonna be a footballer. You know, I enjoyed score, but you know, I'd rather be kicking a ball about so should have paid a little bit more attention at school. So I think that's probably why I'm a little bit, little bit harder with my own two boys, you know. Um, yeah, not, you know, I was into all kinds of sports. Um, I played most sports, but football was always the one where I thought, you know, that's where I see myself. And I'm going to work
0: as hard as I can to give myself the best opportunity. Was there, was there a specific footballer that was sort of like on your bedroom wall um, that you say, you know, that, that's my idol? Or was it a specific uh, team?
3: It was, no, I think in my time, I think Liverpool were flying in the in the 80s and then it was Man U. Um, so I always supported supported Man United. I did, I, did, I think I initially supported Liverpool, but we'll forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was always Man United. And yeah, obviously, obviously of that era, those players, Gig, Sharp coming through. Um, yeah, various players. So, yeah, I looked, I looked up to all of them and... You know, ultimately, I wanted to. My dream was to play for Man United and, and for my family to play for play for Republic of Ireland because they're obviously Irish. Um, but I knew it was going to be tough. You know, I, the first club that spotted me, sort of living where I lived uh, geographically, it was it was sort of like your Midlands clubs, um, so Coventry Villa, Birmingham. Um, but at the time, it was. It was Birmingham and Coventry that sort of pursued me. I signed for Birmingham. At those days, it was schoolboy, so it was 13. You couldn't sign for until then. I went on various trips between the ages of 10 to 13, but you couldn't sign. Uh, so I signed schoolboy at 13. And within a year, I was offered... Um, I, w- I wasn't told, but uh, they'd offered me a scholarship, so 16 to 18 and a pro. But my family kept that from me until I was in, uh, in year 11 uh, of my education, so to make sure that you know, I'd knuckle down and do my work. Right. Subsequently, Birmingham at the time cut a long story short. Barry Fry was the manager. Karen Brady was—I don't know—was she the chief exec or something? Yeah. But they got rid of their their youth program, 17s to eighteen. So there was myself, John Eustace. You heard of him? Yeah. Yes. Played for Derby, centre midfielder. Yep. Two other guys you wouldn't have: to, uh, Anthony and Moses. So they didn't have a youth team. So we got to 16 with finishing school, and it was like, well, if there isn't going to—they wanted to keep us. But we'd have had to go straight into the first team. Right. So with that, obviously other clubs got really interested. Went to a tribunal. Coventry ended up buying the four of us. So I ended up doing my scholarship then with Coventry. It was Ron it was Atkinson at the time, but I think he was only there briefly. So most of my time wow. there was under Gordon Strachan. Um, so yeah, it was um, a premiership club. You know, unbelievable players to look up to, Gary McAllister, Noel Whelan, Darren Huckabee, Dion Dublin, to name a few, you know, and, and they were all really good guys. Helped me in in terms of my education as a footballer, um, you know, but it was so hard to, you know, try and break through 18, 19 years of age into a Premier League team that were ever present in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. And then, and then what, how was that? How was it that you ended up at Cheltenham then? what? Where did that transfer come at some point?
3: Yeah, so I'd signed, I was at Covenant, so I did my scholar, I did a, a two year pro, um, and then Cheltenham would come into my hometown club. Cheltenham would come into the league. Steve Cotter had done really well. Um, I actually had a, a trial at Sheffield Wednesday under Ricky, was it Ricky Hill? Do you remember him? Rick Hill, yeah. Rick yeah. the striker, do you remember? He, I think he was a coach. He wanted I to sign already, me. Yeah. I drove all the way up here. I think I was three hours in the car. I remember the little fiesta with my mum. And uh, I was in the back and my sister. Um, played in the game at the training ground now. Um, I was a striker at the time and I did score. And they offered me they offered me a year. But I just thought, this is miles away. And I'm a bit of a home bird anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but that helped me in terms of getting into Cheltenham. So then Cheltenham, Steve Cottrell, okay. I went in. I think I did a week's training pre-season and then of sort of the rest of the season I stayed And obviously there. you
1: got that Northern air in amongst your lungs,
3: Martin. And once, yeah, you, yeah. once you smelled that Northern knew, air, you I knew, knew. I knew in, yeah, in the future my, my days at Barnsley were coming. So, yeah, it was, it was good. You, you, yeah. you, were, you were at
1: Sheffield you went, oh, what's that place over Hill? That looks nice. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely.
3: Them, one day. I wasn't <laughs> playing for them. So, yeah, I think, I, I think in terms of me as a footballer and where I needed to be back home with my with mum and, Learning the game and, and, and being in a first team environment in League Two, knowing that I was going to play and had a good coach and someone to look up to and Steve who would look after me, um, yeah, I think I think at the time I made the right decision. And then, uh, one
1: more question before we move on to Barnsley and our passion to Carlo, um, you signed for Watford then before Barnsley, but I've got yeah. down you've got you made no appearances for Watford and, and obviously oh. didn't. What, what happened there, Martin? What Just, just fill us in that. So I'm just
3: yeah, it was a bizarre one, really. So, yeah, I'd obviously done well at Cheltenham. I was on a free, I had numerous clubs. Um, I met AD Bufroyd. Um, I was really impressed with how he was and, 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 and what he put in place and sort of seen how the season was going to go. Um, the players that he wanted to sign and, and just got a good, you know, you sit with someone and you just get a good vibe. And I just felt that, you know, this guy's going to be good for me and, he's going to improve me and I'm going to play it in a higher level. Um, what was what, two hours, two hours away, big club. Um, you know, you go back to Graham Taylor days and John Barnes. So yeah, I thought at the time it was the right move for me, but initially I got to London and it was just like a whirlwind, you know, it was, um, I just didn't envision being like that. I think the the actual sort of speed of the town I was looking for a house. I was looking for a flat because then you realise how expensive it is. Yeah, um, and I only had a year's contract. Um, so yeah, the la- it was good. But in terms of the season started, I felt like I had a good preseason. I bedded in quite well with the boys, um, and I was contesting a position in, in in Ashley Young. Now this kid was good. This kid was good, um, yes. yeah. and he was a homegrown talent. So. I just felt it was always going to be difficult for me, no matter how I played, and I won't go into the ins and outs, but I played a particular game and I, I thought, right, I'm going to get the nod ahead of him here. But I just felt like no matter what I did, he was always going to get in front get of off. me. And off. he started, to be fair to, to us at the time, uh, Marlon King and Ashley, they started off like a house on fire. Well, the, the, the team did. We were top of the league. Um, inevitably that year, they got promoted the same year that we did. So after about six games, I went into to see um, no, I hadn't played, and I just felt like at 24, from where I'd been, I wanted to carry on that momentum. And, and Barnsley, you know, they were interested in me in the summer. Uh, Martin Wilkinson rang me I was on, on holiday, and I said, listen, I've already signed a pre-contract for for Watford. It's done and Dusted. And he was just like, keep in touch. You know, we, we really wanted to sign you, but if, if you've already signed, it's done. So I said to my agent, you know, are those options still there? And it was Swansea. It was Swansea. Um, Swansea. Uh, who's the Portsmouth manager? Kenny Jacket. So I spoke yep. to Kenny Jacket. I spoke to, to Barnsley. I drove up, and straight away, as soon as I got there, Andy um, and Rick, it just made me feel at home. And I, I just felt like th- this is the next step for me. I just felt comfortable. The people seemed really nice, um, just really relaxed. I didn't. Sometimes it can be a little bit of falseness, um, but with yeah. those two guys, it was relaxed. Um, and I just thought, right, this is this is right for me. And, and Barnsley were really committed, and sp- obviously spoke to the chief exec at the time, and how they seen the year was going to go. They wanted promotion, were you know youngish team, um, you know really big it up like they do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But they didn't need point? to. I, I just it just felt right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you believed it. You, you bought into it, didn't you? And, yeah, yeah. And ultimately, the town bought into you because of that, didn't they? Yeah, after what, time. That's up uh, for you, Martin. So if you screen, just just pause a minute. And, and, and Carl, I'm, I'm sure, has got questions. Uh,
0: yeah. Oh, this is where he shares his screen. Ta-da! Nothing yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we, here we go. Look at this. Look at this. It's like ITV, this.
1: Look at that. What do you think to that, Martin?
3: Yeah, I like it. I never knew all that.
0: I, he's just going to um, check that they're they correct, Chris. That's all. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so, Cal, I'll so to you. That the Brentford
3: game. Yeah, I, re- I do remember the Brentford game. Uh, that was at home. Um, yeah, and, and typically, I, I, sh- I struggled. I hadn't played in a while. It was a hot day. Yeah. Uh, and I struggled in that game. And, and my family my family had all come up. So, my mum, my brother, I've got four, I think one of my sisters was there. Um, and they were in the stand in a... Yeah, I hadn't had a particularly great game, and it was sort of welcome to Barnsley. One of the fans yeah. said uh, was sat in front of me mum, and he, he was like, "That that lad, he couldn't cross for now, that lad, <laughs> 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 that Davini, that bloody Davini." <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was interesting, like right? And you know, I got in the car, and I'm quite quiet after games. I'm, it takes me a lot to sort of relax and. Straight away, my mum went, You didn't, you know, my mum's quite cynical. She was like, Didn't play very well, Martin, did you? And I, No, nah, it wasn't the best of debuts. She said, "Now nah, the fans didn't think so either.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it can be ruthless
0: from <laughs> fans, you know. Yeah, they were ruthless. <laughs> so yeah, it was good. Talk, talk to us about the team that you sort of went into in that, you know, 2005. Yeah. Um, who, who were the players that you, you looked up to? Who was the ones that you thought, Wow. Who, who became mates with you? I mean, I think we know some of them, but you know, just just talk yeah, so us through the team. I think,
3: like the type of person I am, I kind of get on with everyone. There was no clicks in there, you know. I straight away McPhail. I knew all about McPhail, obviously playing in a at that Leeds very good team. And Jacob Burns, um, you who know, else? Shuka, I knew, I knew Shoots so The ability that he had. Um, who else was there? Centre half. So there was Reid. You had the local boys, Anthony Kay. Austin Tungi. um so yeah you know a well sort of mixed team and some 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 good characters and a lot of quality in that team obviously bobby um i knew him from my mansfield days playing against him because he was young like myself playing at that sort of level um so like generally in football you know most lads but coming into that into that dressing room again you know what a what a good group of lads and they oh, really, yeah. selling really well
1: yeah, what a good mix of lads that is. I mean, you must have on re- yeah. really well. It must be a nice environment to be in, considering you've been at Watford and, and obviously yeah. you're on the you're on the cusp of the first team, probably not feeling as wanted. You come yeah. to Barnsley and, and and obviously in amongst that dressing rooms, you must have yeah, gone, I've, I've yeah the right
3: they, were, thing. they were great. They were great. But you know, Rick, Rick, and Andy had a, a lot to do with that. And you know, in that first game, and I think there was maybe the first two games, I felt like I weren't hit. like anything. You want to impress straight away, and I didn't feel like I hit the levels I wanted to. And, you know, they were like, "Just forget about it. You'll find it, come." You know, and, and that's how they were. And, you know, they stuck by me,
0: and and, and and thankfully, you know, it all paid off. There's been some memorable matches. Uh, I'm sure every time we speak to a player, uh, you know, they pick out one match. Uh, I'm sure for you, there's a, there's a few standout ones. And um, before we talk about a particular one, I spoke to Chris yesterday, and I'm always really interested in Um, uh, if you look at the FA Cup run uh, you know you beat Liverpool you've got Chelsea at home you look at the team that they put out and as fans you go and you think well I'm never going to get to watch Chelsea live am I I mean we're live on the BBC and you know you look at the team you look at us you think as long as we do our best you know that's all I want that's all I want what sort of pre-match talk does the manager give you at that time because <laughs> I'm telling you I, I, I looked at the highlights again uh, I looked at the highlights again and, and you look at like you know there's like Balak, there's Cudicini there's Terry and it yeah. was Manigans' Boys it was you know what I mean the chances we created um, Farachi uh, sorry um, missed a really good one what is said before that match Is it because is it go out and enjoy yourself or is it we can win this we're in this and how do you that do that now as a coach? Have you taken all? Yeah, I that? think,
3: I think um, in those games, you know, there's no pressure on you. I think as a footballer, that, as an individual, they're the games you want to play in. So there's no real pressure. There's no expectancy of you're going to win the game. But you know, as fans, but as players, we always want to win. That's why you know players go on to to do what they do. You have to have that intrinsic motivation. Going into those game, going into those games as individuals, you want to win. You want to. Put your stamp on the game. You want to be the giant killers. And we had that within the group. So going into the game, any game, you want to win the game. Yeah. You know, we're friendly. You want to win the game. You know that, That's why you're there. That's why you play football. It's not, it's not taking part. You're not there for fun. First yeah. team football is all about winning. Not yeah. drawing, not losing, winning. That's what the fans want to see. Whatever way. Yeah. In the, I say in any way. In the right way, but in any way. So going yeah. into those games, you know, I can't really remember much in terms in terms of the team talk. But we were organised like you'll always will be going into any game. Simon Davy was, you know, very positive. You know, why can't we? Like any coach will be, um, and go and enjoy it and go and express yourselves. You know, you're going into a Liverpool game, Chelsea game. Um, against some of the best players in the world, why can't you? Then like the kind of mindset I had, why, why can't I be the one that does a little bit and puts one in the top corner? Why can't I be the one who gets that assist, you know, does a little yeah. bit of magic? And then within the game, as it starts, like it did at Liverpool, you go a goal down at Anfield. You're like, wow, what chance have we got here? You know, you're not touching the ball. You, you, you're out of possession. You, you're keeping your shape as a winger. But then you get that moment, which is that's why we love football. You get the cross... You know, Fozzie's in there to plonk it in. You're thinking, yeah. wow, one all at Anfield. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, walking out at Anfield, coming out of the dressing room, I looked at something, you know, I'm crying, thinking, like, the, you know, you never walk alone. I'm, I'm thinking, wow, I'm here. This is what dreams are made of. You know, I had tears in my eye. I remember I was like, next thing, <laughs> blowing a whistle to kick off. Because um, there's a lot of motion there. My family's there, yeah. you, you dreams, everything. So, yeah, going one all. Um, and then, in, in, you know, you feel it in the game. I, I, I just thought at the time, I've, I remember looking at the big clock can I got vivid um, sights of, you know, the big clock and it's like Barnsley won, yeah. Liverpool won. Then we have that chance, Brian, and I think it should be a penalty.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, just telling going we, berserk.
3: Yeah, and then we just have that magic moment of, you know, Brian's individual bit of skill, you know, bad goalkeeping, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, you, you beat in Liverpool and... Yeah, so as a coach, Simon Davey, he was very relaxed. He handled it really well. And he did say, to answer your question, just go and enjoy it. And, and yeah. you know, the game at home at Chelsea, wow. Well, you know, I think that's been, the, that is, I might be biased here, but that was the best atmosphere of a, of yeah. a Barnsley home game I've ever been yeah. to. Yeah, I don't think when, there, uh, in the house, it was filled to the rafters. Um, yeah. And you know unbelievable talent on display and again it was it was nothing different from Simon it was just go and play the game go enjoy yourselves when uh when Brian got fouled uh Martin could you could you hear him and uh, his expletives <laughs> yeah, yeah. can all the pitch we were, hear him I think we were all at the, we were all shouting at the ref we, you know you can't switch off because in that moment Liverpool might counter on you um but we were all fuming with the ref and I thought oh that's our opportunity and then it was just a whirlwind that happened so quickly. next thing you know, I see Brian, he's beat well, he's coming inside, and you just see it nestling, and you're like, you know. The emotion, everything—you know—it comes out in you. It, it was—it
0: was a surreal moment, an unbelievable moment, and you know, one I'll never forget. It, it's one of those moments that's replayed on sort of um, Saturday Soccer Special on the Facebook and the Twitter when the goal goes in and Sterling goes. Uh, Simon is telling his players to calm down. You're having a laugh, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, in the final <laughs> minute as well. Yeah, Simon, you know, as a coach, in in that perspective, he has to relax, you know, to tell the players to relax. It's it's the natural thing to do. And as a coach, you will do, you know, see the game out, concentrate. Um, So, yeah, he he was saying the right things um, and we did.
0: Has any of that rubbed rubbed onto you when you now, with your year group facing, whether it be a cup match or a team that's higher up in the league, is, do you give the same instructions, or do you have to do it different because of the the age range and the, the age? Yeah, these I, think,
3: kids? I think personally now football changes. There's a lot more detail. There's a lot more um, sort of technical, tactical stuff in the classroom. Um, we've had to evolve as coaches. Um, but in terms of in terms of like winning games, it's like it's twenty three football, so it's not about winning. No, that no. will come for me. It will yeah. come. But I'm more interested in, in seeing how a player develops, how he reacts. So when we go, go down. Winning, you know, that's the last thing that, that, that I worry about. Um, first team's about winning, like I've already said. 23s is about development. Yeah, yeah you know, getting them more... ready for that, getting the right mentality, yeah, getting the right
0: mindset. Yeah. I, I suppose, sorry, I suppose the last question for me before I hand it over to Chris It is great then to be a coach for the under 23s at Barnsley because they're not afraid to give these youngsters a chance. We're we'll, we'll at some more. Did um, some more players sign a pro contract, did I read, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Um, so the, the belief and the, I suppose the DNA they want to implement of bringing youngsters on and getting them from lower leagues, that has to give the players that are in your age group at the moment, you know, a great belief when they look at the squad and they see people like Aiden. it was Aidan Marshall went on like pre-season with them and, and in and around that first team. So that has to give you and the players, you know, lots of hope that at least they will get a chance if they deserve it.
1: And Elliot Simoes
3: as well. Elliot
1: Simoes
0: yeah. is, is a prime yeah, example.
3: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Ultimately, the model we use it's it's a fantastic model, and it's and it's great for me because I know inevitably if, if the players do well, um, and it really helps me actually because you know when I'm saying these things, if you do this right, if you do that right, um, within games, if you if you're playing really well and people are watching, you will get a chance. Um, and it doesn't fall on deaf ears. You know, some coaches I speak to at 23s level when you work in Cat 1s, you know, they, they're saying those things and, and it doesn't really, um, it doesn't happen because it, yeah. it, certain clubs, they go and buy a player. But we know the model that we use here, it works. We know that the young players will get a chance. Um, so that really helps me and it's, it's, it's a great motivation to use for the young players because they have got a pathway. Yeah.
1: We've, uh, we've mentioned Simon
3: Davy uh, numerous times as we've gone on. Martin, I obviously knew you played. Listen, under, I knew you were going to ask this question because you've asked it to a lot of the boys, and I'm surprised by some of the answers. Actually, what's, <laughs> you were played under. You put me on pressure. now. I don't know what I'm going to ask myself. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs>
1: David. Happened on the Reds report, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> um, you played under numerous managers um, yeah. throughout throughout your career, and I'm sure you've learned something off all of them. I'm sure you've picked up bits of advice that you've took on board and taken with you on your journey. And I'm sure oh, the okay. stuff that They've done and you've probably thought, I'm not sure about that one, I'll put that one it bin. been. Yeah. I just wondered if there's anything that really sticks with you throughout your career and anything that you took into your playing career and then obviously anything that you've now transferred into into your coaching career, piece of advice really.
3: Yeah, I think, um, so the sort of place I'm in now, having, having been in at Barnsley four or five years, you know, I'm in a position where I've learned a lot. Um, I've learned a lot in terms of my coaching. I've learned a lot in in terms of myself. Um, It's given me a great opportunity to learn new skills. Um, As a football player, yes, I've I've learned so much from a playing side. And, you know, when I got to sort of 27, 28, and I knew this would be my pathway is when you start questioning the coach or you start questioning the manager, why am I doing this? And he's saying, I'm like, but why? But why are we doing that? How does it relate to the game? So I knew I was quite inquisitive about why we were doing certain things in training. But in terms of what I've learned, um, what I have learned is I have to be myself I don't have to be another Simon Davy or a Steve Cottrell or an Andy Ritchie I've got to learn what's right for me and what I think is best um, and, and that's how I see it moving forward there's no point me on the sideline thinking well you know a situation happens um, and again like I can relate to the 23s it doesn't really matter but I know when they go into first team football that I will get these situations. There's no point in me thinking, what would Simon Davey do? What, what would have happened when I was 25 and Andy Ritchie would have done this? You know, I've got to make my own decisions within the game. But those experiences oh, I've had as a player and certainly now as a coach will help me in the future. So i just try to be think? myself. What was the question did you think I was going to ask Martin? What? what, what would? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's like some of the boys about Simon Davey, like, I don't know, not, not too positive. And I'm like... Oh, I'm right. Sure. No, why? <laughs>
1: That never happened. It's on our really show, this man, thing yeah. like
3: you know, the boys didn't like him, and
1: no, nah, and... that, that don't happen. On our show. I thought you were preempting my Sunday league question, which is I always ask the guests how they can make me a
3: better Sunday oh. league player. Listen, yeah, make we've, we've all me, Chris, train, work Chris. hard, mate.
0: Train and work hard. Keep practicing. That's the best thing. <laughs> we we've all all got...
1: tell the same joke again oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've only got
0: half an hour. Make him a better player. That's all I hear every week. How can I make myself? <laughs> Start playing practice, against, boys, practice, your practice, age. Practice, practice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. practice, Martin. I, I will do that for you and I'll let you know how many goals I score next season. I've got, I've got 15 to beat from this season. Carlo, it's yours.
0: Um, yeah, and I suppose then, uh, when you talk about present day, you talk about coaching too, really. First of all, we talked about the DNA of the club with the younger people, but th- that's also regarding management, isn't it? Paul Hackingbottom yeah. was the under-23s, moved up. Is that something that, you envisage you'd want to do, step up onto the first? Obviously, when that opportunity arises, we're not going to talk about the current head coach, but is that something you can see yourself doing? Is, is your future fully into going as far as you can in your coaching career as you did in your yeah. playing career?
3: Yeah, ultimately, you know, I want to be, I want to be a, a first-team coach. You know, that's what I've set out to do. You know, I miss that sort of competitiveness on a Saturday. Um, but there's no rush. You know, yeah. I've got to make sure it's right for me. Um, but yeah, ultimately, that, that's why I'm in it. I, but I'm in a great position now where in terms of the, in terms of the 23s, I love developing players. Um, and you've got to make sure that you control the controllables. There's no point me being in the 23s but keep thinking about first team. I'm not that type of person. I'm, I'm all or nothing. Yeah. So I love doing what I'm doing. But in terms of me growing, me developing then yeah to answer your question i do see myself as a first team you know as a, you know ultimately a first team coach or a first team manager or a assistant manager in the future um but there's no rush um you know and we'll have to wait and see but I, you know i love doing what i'm doing i get great you know kickback from seeing the players improve um improving and getting to the first team and then ultimately getting those appearances and and For me, it's even better with my history with the club, seeing them develop at Barnsley and being in that first team. Like you see now, Elliot, you've seen, Al Elliott, you've seen being involved, you've seen Ben Williams, you've seen Jacob Brown. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I get my kick out of.
0: Yeah, what um, I suppose the pink elephants in the room is we're talking about football, we love football, um, it, it's your job, it's your passion we look forward to the saturdays the home matches the fan zone and um, it is a worrying thought obviously health above everything so it was great to see photos and videos from the training ground this week where the first team has gone back to training in in small groups um a huge part of me as a fan i have to be completely honest is 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 is, is Worried about the future of football, how long before we can have 12, 30,000 people at Oakwell again watching the football? Um, yeah. Have you ever played any matches without any spectators there? Because I always think, you know, the club is very good, not just badly, every club. You're the 12th man. And you thinking we all turn up and we, you know, we, we sing and we clap? How weird is it playing without anybody there?
3: Yeah, it, it's it's strange and it's going to be a bizarre situation. <laughs> What's he laughing at? It's going I'm, laughing to be... at I'm laughing at Carlos' <laughs> question. He's just funny. Oh, I just I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's I, I, you know, I'm, I, I in terms of playing. It, it's going to be bizarre, isn't it? Especially at first team at first team level. So I've played reserve games where the games yeah. don't really mean anything. You're doing it if you're a first team player playing in there. You're, you're just getting your, you're getting your minutes and you know, hoping that you don't get injured because you, you're more focused on the first team. Um, so yeah, it's bizarre times in terms of what's going to happen. You know, I'm no expert. We don't know. As a fan, it's not great. Where is it going to lead to? Um, you don't know. There's so many questions that needs to be answered. But in terms of the players, what I will say is, those players are championship players, so they have to have that mentality. Well, they will have. I'm I'm sure of it. You know, they will not be there. They'll have that mentality that they they take it as any other game. Because yeah. when you play, if you're in the zone, you don't. Sometimes, you know, I say as a coach, you get in that zone where you don't really hear the fans. You know, you're concentrating on your job. You've yeah, got to make yeah. sure you're doing your job, you're doing your job. So, yeah, but there are moments in games where you need the fans and they can encourage you and you can be the 12th man, like you said. So, it's going to be interesting. I, what I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, when, when the team goes one up yeah. and then what will happen? You know, what's going to happen in terms of the mentality of the players? Yeah, yeah. Um, the fans can then be a big help to get that back, you know? Exactly. And,
0: and you've seen it before, and I think we're quite good at it, well. that when we go ahead, um, almost, I can't say mocking the, the, the away team, but we're very much behind our team and clapping and cheering and really drowning yeah, them out. Really. Um, when we go one down at home and it goes really quiet, that's not very helpful either. I was thinking, if, if the Liverpool match, if you would have walked out at Anfield and there was no one would you have had that extra adrenaline? And, and, and that's what I'm sort of... I'm just wondering, yes. I've, I've always thought, Barnsley are a bottom, that the fans can help them raise themselves. I think our club is good enough to play in this division. And I'm worried that with us not being there, that that will be a, a huge miss for them. But I have all faith in, yes. in, in the head coach and the players that, you know, if yes, and when course. football returns... Exactly. That,
3: you're gonna miss the fans. You will miss the fans. They create that atmosphere. That's why you know. That's why ultimately why you want to play in front of the fans. You want to play for the team, but you play for the fans as well. Um, and and they do. They are the twelfth man. And it, it's it's going to be it's going to be bizarre. But they're going to have to find something for somewhere. And and for me, I, I don't want to. If I'm a player, they can't be going into games using it as an excuse. So, you know, already, you know, people are saying, oh, they're not fans, they're not going to be there. You're paid to play football. You're paid to play for that badge on your shirt to yeah, give 100%. Okay. You don't want to be coming up with excuses. Now, from that question, you're going to have players 10, 10 games down the line that they are going to come up with excuses. It didn't feel the same. If the fans would have been there, it's excuses. Yeah. If you want to be a top player or you want to, you can't use excuses. No. no so, no, no. I don't know, but it, it is like, but I do feel for them. I do feel for them. But they shouldn't have excuses as a footballer. Yeah. Saying it's, you know, I miss the fans. Play the game, mate. Win the game.
1: Um, the slide that we had up earlier, Martin, with your stats on her, brought to us by Barnsley FC Stats. Andy does a great job. 18 goals is what you scored for Barnsley. Is there any that stick out in your mind as probably been your favourite? Or
3: is there a top three? Or is there any that you, that you think that was the one? Yeah, so in terms of um, there was a goal so it was against Watford the volley they were on the left hand side when I scored against them so it was the yes. first time I played against AD they'd gone up to the Prem and then come back down so there was a lot, a lot for me personally in that game I wanted to sort of prove I prove can't. myself right but prove a few people wrong um, yes. so to go on to beat them was good obviously the Plymouth goal I thought that was an unbelievable strike you know the one down there um, and then the one there was a good one against Oldham, which, which which again enjoyed because I think a lot of my family were there. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so you yeah, they're the you three were and hyped up by, by your family being present as well. Yeah, definitely.
1: It's interesting you said that. I've been watching uh, the Michael Jordan documentary. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, Chicago Bulls, the the last dance. It's it's really good. Yeah, I've watched. Um, all of And it's amazing to listen to, it, his,
2: mate.
1: to, listen to his, <laughs> his mindset and how he manages to motivate himself for different situations. So, I mean, sometimes he's even made situations up, hasn't he? <laughs> to, to, to basically yeah. try and get that mindset. Is that something you ever struggled with? I mean, you mentioned scoring against Aidy uh, Bulfroyd at uh, Watford. You mentioned scoring in front of your family. Did you use them individually to motivate it? Or was it always, I just want to win the game? Or, or was there that a little
3: bit extra at times? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, the, I had um, an intrinsic motivation in terms of, you know, I always wanted to be the best player and um, I wanted to win games. But I always felt, I don't know, I, I lost my dad at a young age at 13 and I, and I just felt like it was just me and my mum. So that sort of gave me, there's moments in your life and you look back on that moment in my life sort of helped me get through the tough times. And in football, when I was having a tough time, knowing that, you know, I had to do this, I had to do it, I couldn't give up. Um, to make sure that I was, one, yeah, looking after myself, but more importantly, my mum and my family. Yeah. Um, when things get got tough throughout my career, um, I sort of had, I don't know, just had that little edge sometimes at times where, you know, if things got tough, that's what I used mentally to try and get me through those tough times or through games when I was struggling. Yeah, it
1: gave you like the toolkit effectively to, to, yeah. to, to deal with, tough. was it also the motivation of, it's just me and my mum now and I really want to succeed not just for myself
3: but, but for yeah, my Yeah, yeah, for her as well. Yeah, you have all those emotions. It's different things at different times. Obviously, then when I got older and had my wife, had my boys, it was for them um, yeah. and even now, you know, you, you're you motivated to make sure you do well at work and, 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 and do nice things and work hard and, um, you know, so you're, so in terms of your boys are looking up to you knowing that first and foremost you're a good person but, you, you know, you, for everything that you do you've got to work hard and make sacrifices. That's
1: Thanks for really, sharing that with us, Martin. I re- really appreciate that. Yeah,
0: and that's quite poignant, isn't it? Um, working in, in the field that I do in, in youth justice, we, have, we, we can go down with a lot of kids that we work with or young people that we work with that have experienced something like that, you know, early bereavement, and they've gone what they call sort of off the rails because they're, they're, you can do it two ways, can't you? You can use it as a platform to make yourself better or you can lose yourself almost and you need to be that change, don't you? Which is something, again, yeah, I did so, with a young person. You need...
3: Yeah, what you're saying there, so it, it, I, I just, I can explain this. I didn't, when, when you lose like your dad at 13, I always felt people felt sorry for me, but I yeah. didn't want people to feel sorry for me. Yeah. You know, I didn't need, you know, I didn't want pity. I didn't want that, but it made me kind of put a wall up and like, right, I'm going to show people. You know, I and mean, you look back on your, on, your, on your life and certain moments. Um, and I think, you know, being a bit older now and wiser, I think as a young kid, that's what I did. Um, yeah. And I think that's what helped me in my life. And it sort of helped me, you know, doing what I'm doing now and moving forward.
1: Yeah, I can relate a lot to that, man. I lost my mum at 20. Uh, and since then, I've gone on to do much more than I ever anticipated I'd do. But I generally believe it stoked a bit of a fire. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I kept that burning, just kept going to a certain, certain. I Like yourself, I put the wall up and I went into work the day after and just did it. And, and yeah, people yeah. were asked, well, why are you at work? You know, I don't, well, I don't want to be at home. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I,
0: I, so, yeah, I, like, I, can, I appreciate no, you sharing that, said, man.
3: Like you said, Carlo, but some people, you know, they need, you know, they, they need, you know, that support mechanism. Whatever I suppose place. for
0: some people, it becomes a platform. I'll show you what I can do. I don't need your pity or whatever. I'm going to be good at this or this. For other people, it sort of goes downhill. Um, last words my father ever spoke to me, and obviously I only lost him two years ago, was feed your passion don't have yeah, regrets yeah. if you if you believe in something then go and do it don't yeah. sit at home and sleep as night thinking i should have or i could have feed your passion because if yeah, you follow it's your great. passion it, you know it's the right path in life isn't it and i suppose great. those are life lessons for the under 23s as well under you know it's not just about football these days there's a lot of mentoring involved isn't there, with these with these kids
3: yeah we, yeah we do we do a lot of support and it's a great you know what you say there i always say to the lads you know with your mates in the pub don't be a could of a would of or should of because there's no. loads of them out. Especially yeah. in football, and and that's a great phrase to use. And you know, I'm sure if you ask the lads what this dad is saying, it'd be that. That's what I say to them a lot. Because my family, you know, my family said to me, "Don't be one of them." Um, so you know, it's helped. And you try and pass that knowledge onto the onto the players, onto the 23s. Um Yeah, and and generally, most of the lads, you know, are being excellent, and they all want to learn, and they're in there for the right reasons. They want to improve. They have to enjoy it. You know, I say enjoy it. I know there's a lot of pressure, which there is from outside you know your family people you know we've got individuals now we were local lads and see little things maybe added pressure because they're local but we try and take that away from them and just you know just play the football relax um it's important in the 23s that um that we're patient that's an important word in football for me being patient uh with these lads you know it takes time um
0: so yeah we'll see it's, it's, it's yeah, really good before I hand over to Chris to talk about Room 102 um, we spoke to Rory Fallon a couple of weeks ago and we asked everybody if there was one thing in football you could get rid of what would it be? me and Chris will have a discussion we'll make it disappear was it Rory Fallon that mentioned Chris because I can't remember was it Rory Fallon that said bad agents? yeah bad agents right so I just I just want to ask well, Var, they're yeah. the kind
1: of things.
3: That well, are, the are, the are, agents. I,
0: yeah. I just want to touch on the agents with Martin. Martin, is it your age group that sort of gets involved with agents at that time? And, and how does that go? Is that like a feeding frenzy with agents outside the gates waiting for these players to come out? Is there something the club does to educate them around choosing the right person or how do, Because there's a lot of bad press out there, isn't it regarding yeah. agents?
3: Yeah. So again, like we try and try and recruit, you know, good people. in, in terms of me and Bobby and how how We develop the players. Um, we speak to them about agents, you know, they're a, re- a reflection on you. So when they're talking to me, they're a reflection of you, um, and you know, and, 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 and what the per- person you've got in terms of representing you. So we, they get a lot of guidance, um, but ultimately it's down to them who they pick. And there are some good agents, lads, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, there's some good agents. It's not that Mr. Just Howard's sat- still one, yeah, Brian's one, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. To- um you know i believe I believe he's good he's he's done all right um but yeah, but then there are a lot of people out there who are just in it to, just to make a quick buck and yeah and you yeah, a little bit now it's it's quite interesting. you just said that I came off the phone about two hours ago and they're trying to you know push players and he's asking about money and it, it's the last thing you should be asking about yeah. you know yeah. the laddie the who lad he, he wants to come into the club he, he's just been released from somewhere. And he just needs an opportunity. You don't need to be talking about money. So straight away, my echoes go up and I'm, you yeah. know, yeah, okay, we'll see you yeah. later.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because you're not just looking for the skill on the pitch, but you're looking for the right attitude and the right person, the right kind of mix off it as well.
3: Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so, yeah, so there's good and bad in every in everyone, in, ev- in everything. So, um, yeah, agents
0: can be good. Some of them can be bad.
3: Carlo, how much time have we got left? Have we got
1: enough time to go down memory
0: lane for for two minutes? Um, yeah, two, two minutes. Two minutes. If if Martin has time, then yes. i is
1: just podcast. Is there a time limit, Carlo on on the on the Zoom meeting? No,
0: it's it's just told me it's gone off the Zoom. The, uh... There's no limit. It's been, whatever, waved oh, away or whatever. Okay. So.
1: Right, yeah. Martin, we'll not keep for much longer because we know you are the busiest man in Barnsley, or so you've told us. <laughs> 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 we'll have a look at this. Just have a quick glance at this. We'll go down memory lane. I guess my first question here, Martin, can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. I guess my first question here is, where are you running to? Why is Everybody, everybody else is clearly running to
3: Nick Colgan and you appear to be running somewhere else. <laughs> I think I've running, running over to the lads in the dugout. I did. I think right, I okay. ran. Yeah, I think I ran to the dugout. Um, but to be honest to me, I just got head lost, right? we went. and it was just, <laughs> <laughs> Head <laughs> gone. Where, <laughs> head gone. I don't know where I was running. I think the shirt <laughs> come off. I ran to the lads and they get a hug. And I ran down to all the to all the Barnsley fans. Um, so yeah, it was just it was amazing. When it what a, what a great Wait, when, when you stood on that
1: on that semicircle, then I guess my other question is. We scored four goals. Well, we had four penalties. We took four penalties. Uh, and four was enough. I think we scored three, did we? Um, y- where were you on that list? Were you fifth? Were you sixth? Were you, were you, no, you down to th- take
3: one? No, I think I was... No, I was... Uh, yeah, I was six. sorry. I was six. Right. but I'm praying it wouldn't have to come to me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And the last... The lads who were taking them, I wasn't that confident because we practiced in the week numerous times. Um, but it, it, it's 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 one of them. It's a lottery. It's how you feel, um, and I, I think I said to Andy, it depends how I feel on the day. And and to be fair, the last half an hour, I felt like I'd done that much running. I had there was num- there was um, numerous of us uh, of us coming down with cramp. I think there was Bobby. I think there was Bry. I think there was me. Um, and my legs had gone, and I was getting cramp in my, in my calves, in my hammies. Um So yeah, I, I was worried about taking the penalty anyway. So when Andy Ritchie did ask the lads that sort of put themselves forward, you, you just let them get on with it. And it was a case of just, you know, everything crossed, fingers crossed, toes crossed, and just saying your prayers. But the lads, the lads who took them, you know, they were really calm, Um and they executed the skill and scored the penalty really well. So it was it was fantastic. And obviously yeah, we, Nick, we talked to Rory about
1: that game. Obviously he was on the losing side. Uh, wonderful goal by him, obviously, so he did mention it, and uh, I did we tell have him, to... I, have a, I have forgiven him for his, his uh, guitar celebration, finally, <laughs> um, but he said that you, you guys were struggling, he felt that Swansea could win an extra time, they were on top, but they kept missing chances, and I think Robbie just felt at that point, it was your day, did you
3: feel like that? Yeah, I think there was moments in the game where they, they, they were certainly on top, but it, in, with that Barnsley team and the characters we had, we, we were never going to give up, so we've seen that that throughout the season and to be honest i would never felt so confident going into the game I don't think it. I was thinking about this the other day I don't think for one minute that I think we were going to lose honestly I didn't think we were going to lose I just thought I just felt so positive leading up to it Um, I'll tell you a little story so that that summer I was getting married and the family and the wife were really worried because obviously we got to the playoffs and and my wedding was a week after Right. So she, like the family, were thinking, "Oh my God, if he loses this, he, he, he you won't be able to talk to him for a week. Never mind the wedding." <laughs> so it, it, it all fell into place so nicely. Um, yeah. to winning and then obviously getting married the week after. But for, for yeah, there was a little, probably little moments in the game to answer your question. But I always felt confident that we were gonna we, we would win that game.
1: I guess, Carlo, one more about the penalties. When yeah, one more, and then yeah. When you mentioned the players, uh, Martin, who were taking taking the penalties, be honest, who was it that you were most worried about when they, when they put the ball down? Which All of <laughs> them.
3: <laughs> Shoot, uh, It was Shooks who scored. Did Shooks take one of them? Shooks got the second one, wasn't it? Was it Shooks? I think so. I, I, the one that I remember most is, is Paul Ekiemot because he screwed yeah. it
1: right into the corner, didn't he?
3: Yeah, I wasn't, honestly, the penalties we've done before, I wasn't, I wasn't that confident. So I'm so pleased that Swansea's penalties were horrendous and we managed to tuck it in. So, yeah, it's good. I've put another one up for you,
1: Martin. Did you manage to recover in time for your wedding? Because, I mean, I, I, I've, been, I've lived in Barnsley for a long time and I've been out on nights out, but you, you look like you've, uh, you've had a good night there.
3: Yeah so, <laughs> yeah, so the boys, straight after the game, everyone went back to Barnsley. I had my stag do. So my stag do was cancelled that weekend, but all the lads, all my friends... All 15 of them. <laughs> and all my, all, my, all my mates, they came to the game and we went straight back to Birmingham. And we went out in Birmingham. Um, yeah. and then I came up on the Monday for obviously this in the town hall. So yeah, I was struggling. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I was struggling. Yeah, it but. looks like it, it looks like <laughs> you are. Huh? I mean, so the lads, were, you know, it was my stag do and it was the celebration of Barnsley being promoted. So it worked out great. And, and so whatever. You, managed to re- you managed to recover for the wedding then, just? Yeah, I was fine. I was fine for the <laughs> wedding, just about.
1: <laughs> and I guess that's, that's the pretty much the last one wanted to end and we talked about it earlier in the Liverpool game. Whose shirt have you got on there, Martin? Uh, Harry Kewell. Harry Kewell. Not he's a bad boss. choice.
0: Not a bad choice. Yeah,
1: yeah he's probably yeah. The only one you could
3: catch, Martin. I bet he got tired legs again there. Yeah, I was trying, <laughs> well, I think everyone was after Gerrard's or we were after, you know, but he, he wasn't very forward in, in giving his shirts out. Iman Carriger. you probably probably heard about that story, but, um, yeah, that was the one I managed to get. He was a he was a top player when he, especially at Leeds and then Liverpool.
1: Room 102, Chris? Oh, well, yeah, room 102. Where do they ranking games, Martin? Chelsea, Liverpool, and the playoff final. Where, where what would be number one if you could play it all again? Which one would it be?
3: Mm, good question. Um... All of them. <laughs> <laughs> The final, the final. That was a number final. with all the fans there. Yeah, you know, you know what was there twenty five, thirty thousand. Yeah, um, yeah no. to replicate that, and then it'd probably be the Liverpool Chelsea game, or you know, the other way around, vice versa. So, Carlos mentioned Room One or
1: Two. What would you get rid of out of football, Martin? Anything? We're going to get rid of it for you. Get rid of?
0: Yeah. So we've had referees. We've had uh, inconsistent referees. We've had, um, what did Jim wind. O'Brien say about, uh, about social media?
1: Social media, yeah.
0: VAR. Yeah, VAR. Wind, uh, that was Andy Clark at the club, because then he can't have a fan zone. So, wind for Andy <laughs> Clark. I thought he had a gastro problem, but he meant the wind outside right <laughs> on match day. So, um, is there anything you'd want to get rid of?
1: Or Do you, do you just love it, Martin, the way it
3: is? I just, yeah, I think, yeah, maybe the maybe the VAR could be, I like the VAR, but I think it needs to be improved. So I don't. Yeah, maybe in terms of how it's done logistically, you know, done better, better organized.
1: Lovely. Carl. I think I think they'll pretty much reach a natural end as always on the red yes.
0: before.
3: I've
1: not yeah. mentioned Carl that you're Dutch today, so I'll just remind everybody that's watching that you're Dutch.
0: Yeah, well, it's one-one uh, now. You've talked about your football career for the keys <laughs> in Manvers or whatever you play for. Whoever wants you these days, isn't it? He? He's been on a bus <laughs> He's been on a bosman free for the past twenty years. So, um, and you've mentioned my nationality again. So it's one-one again, Chris. Yeah, that's it.
1: It's one-one. <laughs> I mean, Martin, you're you're no oh, longer to- you're, you're in a foreigner, You're a his Dutch Barnsley accent is unbelievable, isn't it? It's crazy, isn't it? Well, it's similar <laughs> to yours, southern Barnsley accent. I mean, it's not yeah. entirely south, but for us, it's south, you know? But well, you're yeah. adopted northern, really.
3: You're a Barnsley lad now, aren't you? And that's it. There's no way back. Yeah, um, yeah what is it? 15 years now, and both my boys were born here. And, yeah, we, you know, we love it here. And this is, what, this, this is my home, to be here for 15 years. And my boys, they're proper Barnsley boys. Um,
0: so, yeah, great. Love it. Good man. Absolutely Ladies and fantastic. gentlemen, you have
1: been watching The Reds Report. Carlo van der Watering, thank you very much for joining us.
0: Yeah, cheers mate. Thanks for inviting me
1: again. Always good to know you still got my number. it <laughs> well, is our show, so you <laughs> <laughs> lie. Martin, we really, really appreciate your time. We know you are the busiest man in Barnsley. All yeah. jokes aside, you are a very busy man. You wear, we're, you wear a lot of hats. I have no doubt that it's not slowed down at all for you. We really appreciate it, mate. We hope you come back on another time and, and I just chewed the fat
0: with us. We, we really enjoyed it. Yeah, more than welcome. Thank you. Fantastic. Boston, Cheers,
1: Martin. You have a nice, a nice weekend, Ta-ra. Cheers, chaps. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
0: Bye. Doctor Trudy Fleer here. Let's discuss a very real existential threat to internet speed. T-Mobile home internet it lags. Now,
1: what is lag? Lag is a delay in data being transmitted across the internet. Switch to Xfinity for a strong, reliable connection. Learn more at xfinitycom tmofax
2: about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McDonald's share boxes ready to go. Ian's already got booked for double dipping, and Steve has stolen the last nugget. You're snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? You reds? at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see com.